Well, hello there. Hey, hey. Welcome to Let's Try Adulting. On this podcast, we learn, laugh, heal, and don't give a fuck by being unapologetically an adult. On this podcast, there are no stupid questions or judgment. We talk about a variety of adulting. We talk about life, money, sex, spirituality, food, healing ourselves, growth, and of course, all the monsters that live under our adulting beds. Because honestly, are we even doing adulting right? This sounds like the podcast for you. I encourage you to join me, your host, Jakara Davis, right here every week on Wednesdays at noon. And as always, mindset is everything. Let's try fucking adulting. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Try Adulting. So we have a special treat this week, purely unintentional, but we had such a great conversation that it is now a series. So this week on Let's Try Adulting, we are diving into a new series, and I've wanted to talk about this topic for a little while because we are all adults here. We're all big girls and big boys, and we can have a normal adult conversation. And that's why this week we are talking about BDSM. And don't worry guys, but who we're talking to today is a professional dominant. So a little bit about Dax. Sir Dax is a professional BDSM male dominant based in Lincolnshire, UK, and is an expert at introducing newcomers to the exciting world of BDSM. He is patient and approachable, and his willingness to explain everything from the very basics upwards means that he can make the often intimidating world of BDSM accessible to anyone regardless of knowledge or experience. In particular, he specializes in helping those who may have had a bad previous kink experience rediscover the fun of BDSM in a safe, non-judgmental environment. Of course, he's more than capable of being the stereotypical mean dom, if that's more your thing. The options are really endless. Dax offers a range of in-person sessions, including one specifically tailored to beginners, as well as a selection of online DS services and an adult toy store. Ooh! Deviants by Dax. Go get your toys, guys. Like I said, we're all big girls and big boys here. So get comfy, sit back, and relax and enjoy this series. Over the next few days, Tuesday through Saturday, you will have a new episode from this series about BDSM. And good news, he's coming back. So take notes, make sure you go follow Sir Dax, and I hope you enjoy this series over the next few days. I love it. So where do you think the the whole BDSM yeah. hang on, let me start that again. Where do you think the whole BDS B, no. Oh my god. Ah, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I yeah. so, so that was my personal <laughs> philosophy. Um ethics um and responsibility. So um okay, so uh I will sort of do that. So yeah, so my personal philosophy is that I want BDSM to be enjoyable by everybody and I want people to have access to accurate uh, information and you know um, understand what is and isn't what you know what what things BDSM is about and what it's not about Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of uh, ethics then uh, hmm. so with BDSM and your ethics behind it um, as a person and as a as a dom, what are your ethics behind BDSM? So basically, um, again, consent is kind of my my priority. Um, consent and you know uh, communication, um, which my wife sometimes reminds me of. But, uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to be really good at communicating. Um, so yeah, basically, um, consent uh is and communication are pretty much the the most important things to me um in terms of ethics i know that quite often i get the question of how can you justify hitting somebody Uh, Mm. or more specifically how can you justify hitting a woman um and yeah I, i can see where they're coming from and um in you know in 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 a lot of ways it's kind of good that uh a lot of guys uh are now you know they're very aware that hitting women is bad 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, um, you know, it's a shame that we should be impressed that guys have finally got this message. Um, yes. Because, you know, that should be fairly obvious. But anyway, um, uh, you know, and, and it's kind of where, where I get a lot of um, clients sort of co- coming from because they're trying to understand how to explain to their partner that they do want them to be physical with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so, yeah, so I, I get asked, um, how can you justify physically assaulting somebody it's like well no the the difference between bdsm and assault or abuse is consent Mm -hmm. so when i do get physically um enthusiastic with somebody they want me to we've discussed it we've negotiated it we've consented to what's going on and you know they want that to happen um you know it, it it is um again one of the one of the kind of sort of initial experiences of a kind of kinky nature that somebody might go through is getting their butt slapped and for a lot of people that is actually quite enjoyable Uh, you know as kids maybe you hated being spanked as an adult you might love being spanked (laughs) um and you know it's yes it's physical and you know we're taught these days we're taught that spanking kids is wrong um but when you're an adult and you can consent to it, because obviously as a child, you can't consent to it, mm-hmm. um, or you're often not given the opportunity to, because it's meant as a some sort of punishment or control sort of method. Um, but as an adult, you can um, consent to it, and that's absolutely fine. So, you know, when, when people say, how can you justify it? And, you know, for me, the answer is sort of quite simply, they literally want me to do it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they literally pay me to do it. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't have an issue with um, being physically uh, enthusiastic with somebody because <laughs> we've already discussed it. We, we know what we are about. And also, uh, you know, consent does go both ways. And we mentioned sort of briefly earlier about, you know, should both people have consent? There are things that I won't do with mm-hmm. clients um even though they're paying me there are things that i won't do so um so for example uh, i don't do waterboarding because i'm not comfortable that that's that i could do mm-hmm. that safe well obviously it's not safe that's kind of the whole point but um i you know the risks are too great for me to want to be involved with it um i do uh, know somebody who has had it in the past and would do it again the you know they wouldn't say it was an enjoyable experience but it was what they wanted Mm. and you know the experience for them was worth it um but then you know there are stories about uh a, a woman who waterboarded her husband i think and basically got it wrong and left him uh i think paraplegic um and you know it's just kind of like yeah that no i'm i'm not doing that so you know i don't do waterboarding i um i uh let's see um punching i like i'm fine with slapping somebody in the face but i won't punch them in the face even if they want me to um because again i'm not comfortable with the the risks there of of mm-hmm. punching slapping is fine because i know i can um moderate that and you know it's more about the kind of the shock value with punching it's more about the physical impact and yeah i'm I'm not comfortable doing that myself so Mm -hmm. i don't consent to punching somebody for example um that i i am going to be sort of doing a bit of practice and, and learning a bit more about punching but again it's going to be in sort of very specific ways um so yeah, that, so ethically, I am fine with doing some of these activities because, um, you know, I know that the other person, they want it. Um, and, you know, they're fine with me doing it. I'm fine with doing it to them. So, yeah, I, I don't have uh, an issue with hitting a woman um, when it's all clearly negotiated and agreed and consented to. Um, oh, responsibility, though. Uh, that's uh, responsibility is another um aspect that mm-hmm. comes up um and we did touch on this uh earlier with uh rack and prick 
So with responsibility, um, I have what sometimes might be termed an unpopular opinion um, that I'm not a fan of people basically having a bad experience and then blaming the dom or blaming Mm. the other person. Um, Yes, sometimes it absolutely can be down to the dom, for example, being an abusive plat. Um, and absolutely that is, uh, you know, that's definitely on the dom. Um, but at the end of the day, we're adults. If we're mm-hmm. getting involved in kink and BDSM and so on, you know, certainly I'm not going to be talking to anybody who isn't an adult. Um, and whilst I know that minors do play and you know do things that minors do um that's you know not what i'm interested in that's not what i'm getting involved in um i will never interact uh, or sexually or play with a minor um i will offer them advice but i'm definitely never going to physically go go near one mm-hmm. um so uh Yes. So with responsibility, we're all adults and we should all be taking responsibility for ourselves and our own actions. So what that means is um, if you you go and play with somebody that you've only just met and they tie you up and do things to you that you, you know, you, you didn't agree to because you didn't get them to sit down and have a conversation with you You just basically jumped into their car went back to their place and you know you didn't make any effort to Mm -hmm. um to protect yourself to protect yourself yeah um then that's kind of where i think okay some of that is on you because i I mean this I'm, i'm trying not to sound like uh i'm i'm definitely not victim blaming um, there is a very fine line between victim blaming and kind of the not taking responsibility thing. Um, so what one one way that, that is a good way to explain that is uh, people who say, I don't have any limits. Now, this is something that you no. mostly hear from newcomers. Um, they go, oh, I don't have any limits. Now, quite often it's because they think that that's going to make them more appealing as a play partner um because they think that you know saying you've got limits is restrictive or whatever and that people won't want to play with them if they're going to be spoiled sports or something like that um anybody who is experienced in bdsm is going to see that as a massive red flag Mm -hmm. and most likely won't play with somebody who says they have no limits or at the very least they're going to sit them down and go are you sure? Because I've got a lovely Leatherman sharp blade here and you've got a very nice asshole. And, you know, if you've got no limits, you won't have any problems with me shoving this knife up your ass, will you? Mm-hmm. Suddenly they've discovered they've got a limit. <laughs> Everyone Ooh. has limits. Everyone has limits. You might not know exactly what they are yet because you don't know what's out there. That's fine. That's that's different. I don't know what my limits are yet is fine. I have no limits is not fine. So if you basically say to somebody, yeah, I've got no limits, do whatever you want. And then they do whatever they want and you don't like it and you quite probably won't, then, you know, that's, that is on you for basically saying, I've got no limits, do whatever you want and not taking some responsibility for yourself. That is very, very different, though, to somebody raping or assaulting somebody, um, you know, completely without their consent. Because, you know, if you say, I've got no limits, do whatever you want, you are consenting to them doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, def- de- you know, want to be very clear, not victim blaming. If somebody has something done to them um, and, you know, with with no reason, then that's obviously assault and abuse and that is definitely a bad thing but if you just basically 
get involved in stuff without doing your homework, without doing research, without understanding what you're getting into. If you get involved in something without understanding what you're getting into, that is on you as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Now that can come across as an unpopular opinion because yes, people can take advantage of others, but kink, you know, it, it's not beginner level stuff i always liken bdsm to end game content if you're into video games um then you know there's kind of there's the main game and then there's end game once you leveled your character up and you got all the best gear and you've beaten all the dungeons or whatever um you know there's the end game stuff and that's where you get all the really impressive big battles and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff you know as when i explain it i explain bdsm is end game sexual content you know, I know kids, uh, I know minors do experiment and so on. And uh, thanks to BTS, although I still don't fully understand why, but thanks to a Japanese boy band, um, a lot of uh, younger um, girls and boys somehow have discovered um, BDSM. Um, you know, this shouldn't, BDSM should not be your first experience in sex. I know for some it is, and maybe for them that's right, but, you know, I think you should be, learning how sex works first before you get involved into shoving things where the sun don't shine or having uh you know uh, speculums in every hole and clamps and things pierced and branded and what have you and Mm. caned and whipped and flogged and choked and (laughs) nine ways to sunday um you know i I don't think that should be someone's first experience of sex so i'm a big I'm a big fan of personal responsibility, learn, understand what you're getting into, uh, what is safe um, and, you know, do your research before you kind of start getting fully involved. Um, And, you know, that does become something of a bit of a bugbear for me. And again, that's why I like to take the kind of um, education approach because saying, go and do your homework, go and find out what you're getting involved in is one thing. But, you know, how do people safely find and reliably find that information? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I try to provide that information in a safe and responsible and judgmental free um, environment. I I like how um, you um, you have limits as well. And also telling people don't just jump in a car with with someone just because you met them and they say they're dumb and you say you're okay don't do that speaking from personal experience I had a bad experience that's going to come out later in the podcast because I really want to talk about that but um, (laughs) it'll be in a totally different episode guys (laughs) but um, just be safe um, because from my experience I ended up going to the hospital I'm okay now everything's fine but okay it's in the moment it was terrifying and then to be with a stranger that's even more terrifying because are you just going to just leave am I going to do this by myself mm-hmm. yeah be safe please well so still with a layer of safety. be responsible be, be responsible, be responsible. That's a better word yes yeah okay so with there there are a variety of different guys in that say they are into bdsm but with with younger guys getting into BDSM and then they're saying that I have hard limits and just hard, just a bunch kinks. of noms. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hard kinks saying that they have hard kinks and just a bunch of, of bullshit. Quite honestly. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I should have asked at the beginning, are we okay to swear? So um, yes, um, you've yes, answered my question. You've answered my question. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yes. So basically when, again, unpopular opinion time. Um, and these, these are just my opinions. Um, other people are going to have their own opinions and that's absolutely fine. I do not present, try to present myself as some authority or um, gatekeeper or whatever. It would be just something that I, I, Purely when I'm speaking, I'm speaking about my opinions and, okay, things like consent and and so on are universal. But when we when we sort of talk about the younger people, my personal opinion um, is that, like I was saying, BDSM is endgame sexual content. Um, So I know that a lot of people, uh, a lot of younger people kind of 
whether it's through reading fan fiction or, uh, and that's how E.L. James got into doing the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. She was writing vampire um, related fanfic from uh, oh. not Vampire Diaries. Um, what was the other one? Twilight. Uh, yes, Twilight. She, I, I believe <laughs> that's funny because it's very similar that. in writing. I see it now. <laughs> yeah, I believe she used to write a lot of Twilight fanfic, um, and you know she put a lot of the sexy sexy in there uh without sort of having done it herself um and you know i guess she read it elsewhere and so on um and so yeah there's there, a lot of this stuff is sort of quite popular with the younger folk and listen to it i'm, you know, I'm 47 all right but i'm an ancient me um but uh you know it, again it's the internet the internet wasn't around when i was their age and um they were all fields around here and cat food with tuppence a tin and <laughs> I, I used to have to walk uphill to school and walk uphill back home um walk uphill both ways and so anyway um yes i'm old um but so with sort of the younger people getting involved um it a lot of it comes also comes down to maturity and again with the personal responsibility my personal opinion is that you can't say you're a experienced master with hard kinks and so on and so forth you know all this impressive stuff when you're like you know 18 or 19 or 20 or whatever because basically you're not done baking yet now Mm -hmm. various um studies and papers and so on sort of put the uh age of male mental maturity at sort of 23 to 27 years of age and supposedly women achieve mental uh, maturity at a younger age than that um but either way uh you know even if and a lot of people I was going to say, sadly, um, for them, it might be they might be perfectly happy with it. But a lot of people do kind of get involved in sex and to an extent kink from even younger ages than that. Um, Not ideal, but it happens. Um, And, you know, they're still growing. Uh, Yes, you might have sort of got started when you were 14 and you're now 20. Yes, you've got six years of experience, but you don't have six years of experience as an adult um you know you were you were still a kid you were still learning how the world worked heck when you're 20 you're still learning how the world works um you know i know that in most places 18 is kind of the the age of adulthood um but you don't suddenly as pretty much any uh kid will remind their parents gleefully um you know why can't i watch this 18 rated movie now you know it's it's not like when you turn 18, a switch suddenly flicks and you <laughs> get all this adult stuff. Um, and, you know, yes, they're quite right. That's not how it works. Um, but you ask, you know, those kind of first 10, 20 years of your life, you're growing physically, you're growing mentally, and you're growing as a person in society. You're learning how the world works and so on. Um, being a dominant is a big responsibility you are in many cases somebody is literally putting their life in your hands Mm -hmm. you know and that's when we talk about choking and we talk about breath play and literally pretty much anything else um you know bdsm objectively the activities we do are not safe Mm -hmm. um that's kind of why they're so fun um because you know they are risky and so on that's the appeal um so you know can you be in a position of life or death responsibility over somebody when your brain hasn't finished baking yet and your body you know you still aren't completely sure how your body works never mind how somebody else's body and mind work and a lot of bdsm is mental Um, So if you don't, you know, if your brain isn't done developing, you don't know how you're going to handle certain high stress situations or whatever, um, then, you know, can you objectively be responsible for somebody else in that situation? And, you know, I I get called a spoil spot occasionally because I do sort of say to um, 
newbie doms you know uh i was going to say kids but yeah people on the younger age of adulthood um you know when what you know safety tips i have lots of safety tips all about safety and one of the things i say is you know when you're planning to do a scene with somebody have a first aid kit um make sure you know where the phone is make sure your phone is fully charged um make sure that you know where the nearest hospital is uh, make sure you know if you you know if you're in the UK, then it's fine. You just know you call nine nine nine, and ambulance will come out and does that way. Some countries, you know, maybe you need to know what your partner's um, medical insurance details are, and so on and so forth. It's incredibly boring. It's not at all sexy, but at the end of the day, you could kill that person yeah. completely by accident, completely unintentionally, one wrong move, and you've got a dead body on your hands. What you're gonna do? Mm-hmm. and you know i get i can get called a bit of a spoil sport a bit of a buzzkill for that but if you can't handle that responsibility should you be calling yourself a dom should you be doing this stuff if you can't accept the responsibility that yeah you might kill that person oh, that i i haven't thought about it that way but that is entirely true if i can't handle a dead body and what am i supposed to do without freaking out and giving myself a panic attack anxiety yada yada how I mean, it, am it, i expected to do that for someone else it doesn't you know have to be as bad as you know uh accidentally killing somebody it could just be you know they could faint they mm. could have a panic attack um which is very possible you know very likely to happen uh, if you're doing sort of actually no not even if you're doing particularly stressful things even if you're doing something fairly innocuous somebody may have had past trauma or something which suddenly uh, pops up and they completely unexpectedly to them suddenly have a panic attack Mm -hmm. how are you going to handle that you know and again i just my personal opinion um is that when you are still not done baking as a human um or as an adult and a member of society should you be putting yourself out there as somebody who is this uh experienced hardcore dom who's able to do all these many scary things that you've read about and seen in porn um that's not to say that you can't be an 18 year old dominant you absolutely you know i'm i'm of the opinion that being a dominant or being a submissive or switch or whatever you kind of want to identify as. Um, I think there are kind of certain traits that are baked in that are sort of part of your uh, nature. Um, Mm. So, you know, I think that, yes, you absolutely can be an 18 year old dominant, you can have those dominant traits, but that doesn't mean that, you know, all there is to know about, BDSM. It doesn't mean that you are an expert on every single activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you absolutely can be a dominant that is learning. Uh, and I would say that a very good indication of someone's um, kind of aptitude and uh, suitability is that they recognize that they don't know everything. They recognize mm-hmm. that they are learning and that they need help. To me, one of the many red flags of a dom to be avoided or you know, uh, fake dom is that they say they don't need anybody's help. They don't need to do any research. They don't need to learn anything. You know, that is a massive red flag. Even the most experienced kink educator is always mm. learning. They're always um, discovering new things. You know, We don't stop learning and absorbing information and seeing sort of what's out there anybody Mm -hmm. that says no they they know what they need to know i would avoid them red flag red flag more red flags than a russia (laughs) flag factory closing down so there's a great segue um into more uh red flags and vetting so say for instance i'm well i consider myself a sub but say I'm a new sub to, to the, the scene of BDSM, what is the best way to meet and vet a dom or a dominant? 
Okay. Um, I I mean that you could actually sort of approach this as from sort of the both angles of uh, a sub vetting a dom and a dom potentially vetting a sub. Yes, um, you need to vet because, us too. <laughs> yes, um, because like I said earlier, a sub saying they have no limits, um, that's that's for a dominant, that's a red flag. Uh, a dominant saying uh, they have no limits or they x y z don't need to learn anything whatever that's a red flag for a sub so um so these are kind of they some of these tips are going to apply both ways so it's just because there are kind of certain key points and i want to make sure that i cover them and not get distracted because you know apparently that's a thing i can do (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah so basically in terms of uh vetting a new dominant or submissive uh you know potential play partner um the f- first off, the kind of my go-to how to meet someone new answer is at your local munch. Um, you're going to ask me what a munch is, aren't you? Yes, I was. That is actually one of my questions. How to find to be a <laughs> media sim club community? <laughs> what is um, a munch? <laughs> so a munch is um, a a brand of savoury snack in the UK. Monster munch. No, it's basically. Oh, they're munch. so good. They are. <laughs> Just throw those out there. Roast beef or pickled onion, it's a tough choice. It really is. Um, yes, yeah, so a munch is basically a uh, group of kinky people hanging out down the pub having a drink. Um, it's my understanding is that the term came from a kind of meeting with lunch, so munch, and you will see munching things. Um, uh, either way, basically, what it means is it's a group of like-minded kinky people having to get together down the pub chatting about whatever which may or may not include kink um it isn't anything that looks kinky on the outside you may well have been somewhere where a munch was happening and you didn't even realize mm-hmm. um it's just basically yep yeah, they're kinky people but they're not dressed kinky. There's no gimp masks. There's no rubber suits. There's nobody in a spiked collar on a dog leash. It's just a bunch of people dressed perfectly normally in a pub or a bar or a restaurant. And they're just chatting and, you know, talking about kink. Um, a munch is basically just a group of like-minded people. Uh, there are many kind of, it's basically a club really mm-hmm. um if there are many of these munches all over the world um usually there'll be like a few of them in sort of big cities um i know sometimes particularly in the more rural areas then yeah where there's sort of less population density then it can be harder to find but um basically meeting somebody in the real world is my kind of go-to suggestion because online it is so easy to fake pretty much anything um and there are just so many absolute um excuses for human beings out there um that uh, you know meeting somebody in the real world uh gives you the ability to accurately um judge them for yourselves judge their personality and also just get that gut instinct feeling um online you don't really have that because it's so easy to filter what you say you can edit you know just mm-hmm. it's um at least you know kind of like what we're doing here talking that's a, a little bit different um but there's still just kind of meet somebody in person uh, in a group sort of scenario is my go-to thing particularly because in a munch um people who don't know what they're talking about or people who aren't safe they don't last very long um Mm. munches basically you know there'll be an organizer or maybe a a two or three organizers they will be the ones putting the munch on arranging where it's going to be uh sort of you know inviting people or or you know people will say hi i'm coming i might come whatever um and they'll basically sort of be the organizers and anybody who sort of comes along and makes a nuisance of themselves or whatever you know they're not going to last very long they're going to get uh the the cold shoulder pretty quickly mm-hmm. um and you know particularly when you're new um having that kind of sense about who's good who you know who 
who's trustworthy uh you know and who isn't you might not have that uh kind of sense yet because you're new you're eager you're excited to get going um you know you don't know you don't have the experience yet and that's perfectly fine and that's why being around other people who do have the experience they can sort of look out for you and and everybody kind of looks out for each other and it's also a great way of sort of you know if if someone's been going to the munch for quite a while they may have a good reputation and you know that that sort of gives you that um uh that comfort that they are somebody that you can play with Mm -hmm. um but yeah basically meeting somebody in uh, at a local munch is uh to me that is the kind of the go-to answer it's not always possible it's not always practical there may not be a munch near you um but you know that's still going to be my my number one go-to is meeting somebody um you know in at a, at a munch um if that's not possible and you do sort of meet somebody online um then when it comes to actually meeting them in person for the first time uh meet somewhere public mm-hmm. cannot overstate this cannot say this enough meet somewhere public basically you want witnesses that's yes. that's where i'm going with this you want witnesses um so that you know if something goes horribly wrong then there's cctv that can be played on the 12 o'clock news um because again uh with the whole personal responsibility and everything you know if you're a dominant uh, or if you're putting yourself out there as a dominant accept that you might kill somebody if you're putting yourself out there as a sub accept that things might go wrong and you might end up dead um hopefully not but you know plan for the worst and hopefully it won't come mm-hmm. to it um i'm a regular rare sunshine tonight aren't i you're great <laughs> no like i love this like if you could see my face i've been like laughing and trying not to like make noise <laughs> I, 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 I want everybody to enjoy bdsm but you might die you might die but i want that in there so people <laughs> yeah. know. um but yes again it's that whole responsibility thing of you know if you can't handle this then should you really be doing it Anyway, so, yeah, basically meet somewhere public, um, partly for sort of safety in numbers, partly for witnesses, um, just, you know, kind of common sense. And a lot of these things actually, they apply to vanilla dating, vanilla blind dating as well. It's Mm -hmm. not just kink. Yes. Having said that, the the (laughs) main difference, sorry, go on, you were going to say? I'm going to say because I've had people ask me, just because you vet someone whether it's a dom sub switch however what other person that you're vetting whether you're where you're meeting them or whatever does not necessarily they, they're still human guys they're mm-hmm. still human i don't want i don't want you to sound so bad but they can still fuck you over just yeah let's just throw that out there just because you vet them does not necessarily mean that they are a safe or responsible person still go no. with your gut feeling yes yeah um and i'm a big fan of go with your gut um your gut may be wrong but you will you know if if you ignore your gut instinct then you know that that that's a lifetime of experience that you've built up um and you know it's subconscious but it's it's there and it's experience that you've developed over the years um big fan of go with your gut um you know I fully accept that somebody might mean me, uh, might mean me, pardon me. Somebody might meet me and for whatever reason, they just might get a bad feeling about me. I'm totally fine with that. Um, I would not want somebody to play with me just because they'd you know, heard me on a podcast or they'd mm-hmm. seen me on Twitter or whatever. I would want them to trust their gut. And if their gut was telling them, mm, no, um, then I would, I would want them to walk away, because I think you have to trust your gut. Um, that is just you know that's experience that you've learned from somewhere, and you've, that's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope it doesn't happen, but um, I you know I totally accept that it might do, and I am absolutely fine with that. Um, so yeah, so meet somewhere public, um, 
and like I said, a lot of these rules uh, or a lot of this advice um, applies just as much to vanilla dating, vanilla blind dating, um, as it does to kinky. The di- the main difference is because a lot of people's kind of expectations or desires around BDSM involve sex. Like I said, it doesn't have to, but to a lot of people it does. There can be uh, an expectation uh, that meeting somebody with BDSM in mind means that you're going to get it on pretty quickly. No. With vanilla dating, you know, there's the whole, oh, no, wait to the third date, wait to the 10th date, three months, whatever, before you sleep with them. With kinky stuff, it's, uh, you know, it's quite often, okay, so I'm going to meet you here, and then basically I'm going to have you up my, my ass here. Um, how's that work? Um <laughs> You know, and that's absolutely fine because for again for a lot of people, BDSM is not necessarily about an intimate emotional relationship. Mm-hmm. It's more physical and sort of mental than that. It's it's not emotional. For other people, it absolutely is emotional, uh, and that's fine. But you know, for for when you're dating somebody, quite often it's with a view to a long term relationship. And so you might want to get to know them first before you get into bed with them. Yeah. With kink, quite often it's, you know, the other way around. You're solely interested in them as a dominant or a submissive. So, you know, why beat around the bush? Thank you. I'm here all week. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you, there, there is quite often that expectation that things are going to get physical sort of pretty quickly. So that's why I sort of do make quite a bit of a a fuss about all these kind of safety tips because things can move a lot more quickly when you're meeting somebody with bdsm in mind um so having said all that yes my you know meet somebody at a munch or certainly meet them in public uh you basically want to you you want there to be witnesses you want there to be people that you know if something happens that you can go to for help Mm -hmm. um uh if you try and sort of try and have in your mind the limit of that you are not going to play with them right away so yes you're meeting them potentially with a view to playing but treat that initial meeting and if possible the first two or three meetings as just a kind of getting to know you kind of thing um not expecting there to be anything happening right away because one thing that we we often talk about is sub frenzy mm. which is something you've maybe come I've across heard of it. um sub frenzy is basically when it's it's that kid in the sweet shop feeling of you've just experienced you've just discovered kink for the first time you've discovered all these wonderful you know it, it's it's the joker in the 1989 Batman movie, where does he get all those wonderful toys? Um, you know, <laughs> there's all these fantastic things. So, I'm sorry, that dildo is how long? And it's how wide? And it has how many vibration patterns? Um, you know, all these kind of it's nipple clamps, clothes pegs, clamps, mm-hmm. flogging, spanking. Um, I'm sorry, they do what? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff of, oh, now that looks interesting. Um, it, there's that whole kind of kid in a candy shop thing and it's part of um sort of uh where the whole i have no limits comes from uh as well you just want to do all the things mm-hmm. you don't want to wait you want to do all the things as soon as possible and that's kind of what we call sub frenzy it's it's that kind of just you've lost your mind you just want to get it on uh, and you can't wait you've waited long enough you know your whole life has been boring up to now and Oh, there's all this wonderful opportunity. So I do sort of encourage people to kind of rein that in, uh, fixate on I am not going to be going home with this person after we've had a quick 15 minute coffee. I am going to be going home alone. I am going to reflect um, and, you know, we're going to give it a little bit of time. We're going to talk, discuss each other's approaches and so on. And then if everything still looks good, then we might play. So, you know, go with that mentality of, uh, yes, we're talking about kink, but we're not going to be doing anything right now. And yes, it's a little bit boring, but it's, you know. So necessary. 
Yes, because let's face it, when when we're horny, yeah, we 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 don't necessarily <laughs> have no thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't necessarily have the the most uh, logical um, thoughts in our heads. Um, so yeah, don't expect to play right away. Um, and still on that kind of initial meeting or the two or three meetings strongly encourage you to um set up safe calls uh so a safe call and again this goes for vanilla dating too if you're meeting somebody you don't know or you know pretty much stranger um a safe call is basically where you arrange with a friend that you will call them at a certain time just to basically say hi yeah i'm still alive everything's okay or they will call you Mm -hmm. and the whole point of a safe call is so that if something has happened and yeah i I probably should have um given you one of one of the one of the the stories behind all this um up front but um if something's happened uh you know you won't be able to answer your phone and then your friend will be able to take some appropriate action so this kind of also goes along with make sure that somebody knows where you're going to be when you're going to be there and who you're going to be with um send screenshots to people (laughs) yes yeah um you know so tell your your friend that you're going to be meeting so and so uh in costa on the high street from two o'clock to three o'clock um you know arrange a safe call for say half past two and then you know if for whatever reason something's happened or whatever and you know you're not able to make the call or they're not able to contact you they know where you are and then they can you know contact costa uh, or wherever you happen to be mcdonald's or whatever if you're really classy um and um i love the delay there's like there's just like that five second delay <laughs> i was like did that joke land properly oh there it is <laughs> i hear that <laughs> I, I think with zoom and their recording there's a delay in general <laughs> but like immediately um, as you say it i'm like cracking up there's a reason i'm not a stand-up comedian um <laughs> anyway um the so basically you know the idea is that they they'll know you you're meant to be at costa so they've not been able to get hold of you uh they can call them up and go hi i'm trying to get hold of my friend uh she's wearing this or he's wearing that or whatever um you know and if you're meeting in a bar uh or a pub or a restaurant or whatever send your friend the table number that you're at when you get there to, or mm-hmm. tell them sort of where it is that you're sitting what you're wearing that sort of stuff so that if anything happens your friend can then you know basically follow up and try to get hold of you it might be that your batteries run out in which case you should have prepared or Or it could just be that you're having such a good time it's going so well that you've lost track of time um you know which is entirely possible um because we've been doing this for two hours um and we've you know we're easily going to go for a lot longer um but you know you can lose track of time when you're having a good time and you know that doesn't mean anything bad's happened but um it could be that you know you you just everything's going going so well you've forgotten and you know they they they, they can still hopefully get in contact with you um so yeah set up safe calls basically let somebody know where you're going to be let them know when you arrive let them know when you leave and so on and then you know and obviously if things aren't going great then you know the safe when you have your safe call go yeah no i'm 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 not having a good time so i'm gonna leave so i'm leaving now i should be at the bus stop in five minutes or whatever and you know keep them informed hopefully that none of that is going to be necessary but again prepare for the worst and you know you'll be okay one way or another um on a related note to meeting in public and meeting in bars or whatever um do have a look and find out if there are any kind of uh, safety schemes in your area or in that particular bar or whatever try and find one that has something like an ask for angela scheme or the angel shot scheme or whatever system you've got basically these are in the uk it's called ask for angela um i think in america it's the angel shot or um there's a couple of other different schemes it basically it's a coded message where you go to the bar or if the staff come over to you um but you know you, you go to the bar and you go oh can, can i speak to angela please that's code that you know they, they will know about for help 
but it's designed oh. to not sound like an obvious okay. thing or because you know you might be nervous or you you know they might be watching or whatever um and you might feel uncomfortable outwardly obviously asking for help so a lot of places have these schemes where there's kind of like a code phrase if they do it's very likely to have been publicized in the in the women's lose um uh, so you know have a look um in there if there's like posters on the wall or whatever and you know i know it's not just women you know men can be victims too but unfortunately the way things are at the moment it's basically women who are sadly um in danger mm-hmm. uh, as much as some lovely people on twitter that i had a spirited conversation with last <laughs> week would like to um would like to um, convince people that men are actually more in danger than women <sighs> um you know sadly that that's not the case women are are in far more uh danger than, than men will ever be um so you know just basically do you see uh you know try try and arrange to meet somewhere where there is that kind of safety net or just go you know when when you arrive there go up to the bar stuff whatever say hi i'm here on a blind date I have no idea how it's going to go. So, you know, would you mind just keeping an eye out for me? And some places will be more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, yeah, if there is a, an, an Ask for Angela scheme or whatever, kind of familiarise yourself with that and use it if necessary. I really um, like to make sure to look up um, what the American version is actually. Yeah. Because I, I, I know there is one. My friend used to be a bartender and she used to say that people would tell her. And she had to go like get her boss, but I'm gonna look that up. But I do want to talk about like so if you you've met someone um, and you can't meet them like in person, like in a munch, what mm-hmm. about fet life? Because I know you have one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, we yep, yeah, absolutely. We can uh, we can uh, talk about fet life. All right, my adult listener. I don't even know what to actually call you as a community. If you have suggestions, DM me on Instagram at let's try dot adulting. Right now, you're just adulters. That's what I refer to as my audience. They are the adulters. But I hope you have enjoyed this episode with Sir Dax. Make sure that you check out all five episodes that come out this week on Let's Try Adulting. If you have a question about BDSM and you don't know who else to turn to, and promise, Dax, when you find him, is very informative. He's very friendly and he's very approachable. But thank you, Dax, for coming on this episode of Let's Try Adulting. I've tremendously enjoyed this series and I can't wait until you come back on Let's Try Adulting in just a few months. So make sure that you stay connected and go follow Dax. All of his links and information are down in the show notes. So Dax has also kindly given us a discount code to his store, deviancebydax.com, and the code is ADULTINGPODCAST. It is also down in the show notes so that you can just copy and paste it. All right, my friends, have a super fantastic day. And as always, mindset is everything. See you in the next episode.